Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. What's up, guys? This is Chrissy McQueen, and this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Coming straight into your ear holes, uh, probably out of some speakers before they reach those ear holes, maybe in some earbuds. Pretty lady! <laughs> Hello, Justin. Thank you what? for that amazing introduction. I It was impromptu. Chrissy basically had a hissy fit right before we started like oh you have a problem with my introduction you did the introduction oh no ding ding imitation bell justin's like do you know what i love i love that you're always like so official with all these podcasts like in the beginning you're just like i'm gross and that's from like casey Kasem or some crap that makes me sound awful but then i also said well i suck at introductions so you're much better than me oh lies what's up guys speaking of lies guess what what? We saw some pretty good movies this time. Well, that's because we returned to one of our favorite... Like, if there was a Mount Rushmore for our podcast, I think Nicolas Cage would be on it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger would have to be up there. Who else? Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, well, that's like your... Like, your Rushmore is him. You got to pick it's, it's, two. It's, it's all him, like five of his. <laughs> no, Ryan Gosling is like the fifth. But why is it that you got to pick two and I can't include Leo up there? Because, like, so many of his movies are good. Leo could be up there. It's okay, fine. just making sure. But Leo, like, Titanic Leo? I mean, like, like heaven, Like, heaven at the end of the movie, Leo? No, he, like, looks more like Inception Leo, but, like, when you look at him, you're like, oh, Leo. That makes me think of Titanic and Romeo and Juliet. My question is, uh, Rose's eventual husband Yes. in the movie, Yes. do you think he's pissed that in heaven he has to contend with this guy that she met for like a few days on a boat? Yeah, I think that if you are Mr. Calvert, you're like, hey, what happened to all those years and grandbabies we had together? Whose heaven is this, Rose? Whose heaven is this? Well, I read a thing on Jezebel, which is going down, may it rest in peace. That perhaps it was hell. What? Think about it. She goes back to the ship that she was trapped on with all the people who died there and she can't ever escape. Sounds like a horror movie. Exactly. Rose died and went to hell. (laughs) Spoiler alert. My gosh, you're like, that was like an evil laugh. (laughs) Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. So we watched two Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Yes. We've watched a a lot already. And so it was kind of, there's like only a couple that we haven't talked about. True. And we had a tip of the hat in the beginning of this podcast when we mentioned lies. That's because one of them was true lies. Easy now, Chrissy. Lies. Easy now. Let's not, let's not delve into that obsession in this episode. Stop it. We saw True Lies and Chrissy loves nuts. The Running Man. Running Man? Might have the. the. There's a the on there. The Running Man. True Lies and The Running Man. Yes. I never even heard of The Running Man, to be honest with you. What? Yeah, never. Obviously, I'd heard of True Lies. By the way, true story. I'd always wanted to see True Lies 
because I heard James Cameron in an interview say after he did Titanic, this isn't my first love story. True Lies is a love story above all else. I've heard that quote before, and that's pretty funny. I know. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll have to see this movie one day because apparently it's a love story. And then did he I say it did. with his serious James Cameron face? Of course like, he did. True Lies is a love story. True Lies is a love story. I feel like True Lies is as root one of the most James Cameron e movies out there. It so is, <laughs> and it's great. In case you haven't seen True Lies in a long time, or maybe ever, here is the official storyline from IMDb. You ready? Hit me with it. I'm going to regale you. Harry Tasker leads a double life. At work, he's a government agent with a license to do just about anything, while at home, he pretends to be a dull computer salesman. He's on the trail of stolen nuclear weapons that are in the hands of fanatical terrorists when something more important comes up. Harry finds his wife is seeing another man because she needs some adventure in her life. Harry decides to give it to her. (laughs) Juggling pursuit of terrorists on one hand and an adventure for his wife on the other while showing he can tango all at once. Tagline, when he said I do, he never said what he did. Jesus Christ, that was really long. I thought you were going to read the tagline. It was dramatic, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's like, holy moly, this is longer than the movie, and the movie is long. <laughs> Why are James Cameron movies always so long? He has a if, lot to say. Do you think he's such a perfectionist that he basically does his rough cut, and then he trims off like a couple seconds, and then he's like, perfection. No, he does his rough cut, and his rough cut is about six hours, and then he takes like <laughs> it down to five, and then takes it down to four, and then settles at three. This movie was really long. Yes, it was. But you know what? Long in a good way. Although, like, by the time we got to the end of it, I was like, isn't it Tuesday? 141 minutes, this this movie. Like, last Thursday? (laughs) Watching this movie for a while. So, True Lies came out in 1994. Um, That was the year after Last Action Hero, Mm -hmm. which is a Schwarzenegger movie I assume you haven't seen before. Nope. So, in <laughs> this movie called Last Action Hero, it came out in 1993. Um, in June 1993, because I remember because I went to see it on my birthday. Did you really? Yeah. Do you ever have those movie experiences where you remember, like, you remember the day, you remember what happened? That was one yes, of those. Independence and Speed. There you go. So, for Last Action Hero, it was my birthday, and I was like, I was like, damn, I'm such a huge Schwarzenegger head. I was like, I hope this is good. I'm like 13 years old. Let's let's make this happen on my birthday. And it was horrible. And I was like, birthday ruined. Aww. Like, no, Arnold, birthday you ruined, ruined Justin's 13 year birthday. Not birthday ruined, but ugh. So when I, I, remember, I remember seeing this movie because I was like, you have a lot to live up to after the last action <laughs> hero, Arnold. You better make up for it. And so what did you, you, so Chrissy, huge James Cameron fan, had not ever seen the movie directly before Titanic, your favorite movie of all time. And I didn't know that it was even the movie directly before. I'd heard him talk about it in interviews, but I didn't realize it was like the penultimate movie. So weird. So, (laughs) it's just so weird. I don't know why it's weird. You have to keep in time context here. I mean, keep in mind, because I was um, just about 14 when Titanic came out, and I was also a girl, so I wasn't, like, walking around watching, like, Aliens and True Lies before that time, like, 
I was on a certain trajectory. It was called the Romeo and Juliet trajectory. And then this is so this is the same conversation we always had. And I say, I understand that, Chrissy. But then there's been years since then. What did you say? I'm old. There's this. There's this thing. It was called VHS, and it turned into DVD. Now it's largely digital. You could have caught yourself up and watched. But I was very busy trying to catch Entertainment Tonight clips of Leonardo DiCaprio and record them onto my VCR. Oh, God. What did you think of True Lies, Chrissy? (laughs) I really, really like True Lies. Yeah? Yes. Uh, Although. Great success. Great success, Justin. Welcome to the True Lies fan club. You picked a movie I enjoyed. Here's your card. Well done. Although, this was a, a, a feeling I got kind of early on that dissipated... Although I, throughout the movie, like I was like, okay, okay, I'm getting over it. But in retrospect, I feel like it might have been a little miscast. Well, that's the hilarious thing about True Lies is it's, it, Arnold is totally miscast in this movie. Totally. Totally miscast. Okay. But I think, I think, and I was thinking about it today, I think that actually works in its favor because it, it makes it even more of a comedy because at the heart of it, you're like, of course he's like a secret agent. Like he's not a Named computer. He's not a computer salesman. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh my god, how did you know? Like, who in their right mind would think I was some kind of you know buff superhero secret agent man? I'm Arnold with huge rippling muscles and stuff. I bash the car window with my hand, my bare hand. So I'm basically James Bond, but. I have a wife, but she doesn't know. I actually thought of James. It's funny that you bring up James Bond. Because in my mind, when I went, okay, Chrissy, so if you think Arnold is miscast, who would you cast? You casting director her, you Mally Finn, you. And I was like, I know, Daniel Craig. And I was like, so you want to make him Bond? And then I like rethought it and I moved on. And I was like, I know, Pierce Brosnan. And I was like, also Bond. <laughs> like, let's find somebody else. So basically, you're a terrible casting agent, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, like sh- let's shut you down right now. <laughs> I need more time. <laughs> but yeah, that, like I guess Matt said, Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. No, so I think that's ha- half the the um battle problem half the joy in ah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's performance is he is miscast this is like if if they did multiplicity or whatever with Arnold you were like that's not someone I would normally think who can have a variety of characters but I kind of want to <laughs> see that right now you know so um that's great I'm so what did you and Jamie what, Lee Curtis also miscast Jamie Lee Curtis miscast. Yeah. I disagree. I thought she was great in this. I'm not saying she wasn't good. And I have to call you out because Chrissy, at the start of the movie, was like, they really didn't give Jamie Lee Curtis a lot to do, did they? <laughs> like, well, yeah, because I had no idea where it was going. So you must have been seething in your little own bubble over there. Like, hey, just wait. Yes, that's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> good impression. But I did think she was a little bit miscast. So not only so yes, uh, seemingly miscast, but it was, and you're gonna love this. So we always like to delve into funny, possibly uh, misheaded or wrong IMDb trivia. Ooh! So <laughs> listen to this. According to IMDb, it says in an interview, James Cameron says that the script was brought to him by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who said that he wanted to do it because he thought the Tasker character was interesting. Cameron was shocked because he had never seen Schwarzenegger pick a script 
basically on his interest in a character and decided that he saw the same thing and made the movie. What? So basically what happened was, Arnold's like... <laughs> Do it. Do the impression. Go for it, Justin. I'm the Arnold. So James, I, I found a script in... Uh, it reminds me of Commando, where he was like, I want to be like a daddy, but also like an action hunk. So, God, my Arnold is getting really bad. Jim. I got to find my center. What's like my center? Like, hasta la vista. No. No. I was thinking about it, and you know, I just made the action stars all the time. And sometimes I just want to branch out, and I want to be more. And you, know, I'm a father now, and my and my babies, I make them do jumping jacks before they have the apple jacks in the morning. And you know, You're sometimes so much better. You're so much better than me. This will be a piece, and will be that, and begin the chopper. <laughs> I. I bet that ex- that that's the exact conversation that happened. <laughs> and Jim's like, Jim's like, yes, you're Arnold, so let's right. Do this now. Print money, basically. He's like, actually, I've been writing this script for ten years about this doomed ship. Do you want to be this character named Jack? No, I don't want to be Jack Dawson. I want to be in the chopper. Okay, then you can do this part. So I haven't seen this movie in a while, but another thing that I that especially from the start. I don't think he's a very good secret agent. Nope, he's a terrible secret agent. <laughs> and I always like saw that, but now that I haven't seen it, I had some time to think back. Are you away from the '90s nostalgia? <clears throat> I mean, from the very start at the um, the Switzerland mansion scene, it seems like he goes to a lot of trouble to get there, like underwater and in a frozen lake. But once he gets out of the lake, he's just like walking around. There's dogs. There's dudes. There's people with spotlights. There's he's just, dogs. He's just there's like climbing dudes. on a building. I'm like, <laughs> there's no way one of these dogs didn't like look over there and see huge ass Arnold Schwarzenegger just, you know, bounding up the side of a building. I mean, entirely possible. Let's be honest. And then he gets into the party and he's, he's supposed to be all like suave like undercover Debonair. secret agent don't call attention to yourself arnold and he's like help well, hey guy no, hey, hey. what who what was that i don't know what you happened. just like combust i've lost i've lost my arnold <laughs> you've my lost Arnold's, your arnold i've lost my arnold no get him back here here i'll be t career ready okay let me lean bounce no no you, you gotta you be want, arnold and i'll go off your arnold do you want to take no him? you be arnold and i'll go after your own Oh, oh, all okay. right. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> wait, now you fucked me up. Oh, no. I can do it, I can do it. Stop it. This episode is going down in flames. <laughs> no, wait, are you ready? Okay, I can do it now. Okay. I could never see you there across the room. I was wondering. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper, Chrissy. Do you know how to tangle? There's sodas and lots of refreshments on the chopper. From New York? I don't know. Just God so it is lots of refreshments on the chopper. So by so <laughs> you think if you're gonna be undercover secret agent man, you're not like high fiving people and you know, stuff at the the Switzerland uh terrace mansion get together thing. Oh boy. You're not tangoing with Tia Carrere. You're not. Is it Tia Carrere? Tia Carrera? Carrera? Is Carrere? It? I just, I just always think of her from Wayne's World. Always. And in always. fact, I was surprised she'd done another movie. When I saw her, I was like, <gasps> she's been in things other than Wayne's World? 
Whoa, that's some mega Wayne's World. mega Tia shade from Chrissy. So wait, Kristen Stewart last time, <laughs> Tia Carrera, Carrera this time. I'm not saying I dislike her. I'm just saying I'm surprised she's done anything different. Because she doesn't have that in her repertoire? Or? I thought she was a one-hit wonder. Damn. Cold-blooded, <laughs> Chrissy. I, I mean, I thought she was good in this movie, although this movie is <laughs> oh boy. very misogynistic. You think? <laughs> I mean, it's jinx. Which is, uh, what happened here? Misogynistic, uh, racist. Uh, it does have a lot of racist undertones. Uh, I'm not some... James Cameron wrote this. I know. Written by James Cameron. I'm aware. No, there's no one under his name. No, it's always a, a Jim's... Ca- a Jim's? Jim's, that's his new name. Are we looking past James Cameron that? Oh, we were like, okay... We, we we forgive you, we forgive you, James. You know, it wasn't it with James. It's a couple of things. So yes, that was a noticeable undercurrent: the mm-hmm. racism and misogyny. Uh, and not to be a traitor to the feminist movement, but I keep three things in mind: number one, context of time, uh, and genre of movie. So he wasn't making, you know, some avant-garde alternative film, you know, where, of course, some feminism has an appropriate platform. He was making an action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So contextually, there's some, there's sense, it's sensical. Uh, also, I actually feel like he made up for it a little bit with his subsequent movies of Titanic and Avatar, where strong women have stronger roles, and he's kind, and he went a little bit away from the misogynistic undertone of his old filmmaking. Plus, Alien with Sigourney Weaver bef- prior to this movie. I was about to say, I was like, so what you're saying is that Titanic and Avatar were True Lies apologies, Chrissy. Yes, True Lies feminist apologies. Correct. Okay. Let me get that. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I give him not a pass, but some contextual understanding. So, we know that you're not a fan of T. Carrere. No, I'm a fan. You are a fan. I'm not not a fan. I just thought that she was a one-hit wonder. Oh. Was she good in this? Yes. So, she's a two-hit wonder. Yeah, she is. Oh, Lightning strikes twice. We're starting a T. Carrere podcast now. Follow us on Twitter at T. Carrere Fan. We can spell your name. Uh, what else was what else was were, stood out as like the good? We're gonna go from good to bad. Um, what's his face? Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Wait, no. <laughs> was what's Dan his, Aykroyd in this? What's his name? Who's Dan Aykroyd? The friend. Talking about Tom Arnold. Yes. So I get the what you're saying is all, uh, all like punchy. <laughs> white guys in their 40s look alike? I know, but I've historically always gotten them confused. Never on a podcast, but I've historically mentally always confused them. Wow. Okay. I mean Tom Arnold. Not not a big fan of Tom Arnold? No, I liked him. Oh, we're still on the good side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought he was great. You know, he barely got in this movie. What do you mean? Why? Uh... The word on the street is that the studio did not want Tom Arnold for this role, but James Cameron is because like, he looked too much like Dan Aykroyd, and they were like, "People are going to be confused." They're like, "Why do we have Dan Aykroyd? Like, if we're going to hire Dan Aykroyd, why do we hire Dan I mean, Aykroyd?" You're basically, like poor man's Dan Aykroyd. Basically, so. what you're saying is you want to confuse Chrissy McQueen, and we're just not down for that as a studio. 
You have no idea. She's going to grow up to be a huge James Cameron fan. We can't do this to her. Dan Aykroyd came to us and he's like, I'm going to do my girl and you're going to have to wait for me for true lies. But I guess we're going to have to go to Tom Arnold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so no, James Cameron's like, I'm going to put my foot down for Tom Arnold. He's like, so Who else did this they whole have movie. In mind? Re- huh? Who else did they have in mind? Not Tom Arnold. Probably Dan Aykroyd. I bet you look it up on IMDb. It's probably Dan Aykroyd. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so I thought that was funny. Like he was going through his whole thing with uh, Roseanne, the fall of that at the time. So he must have been persona non grata to some people. Probably. But Jimmy Cameron was in his corner. Jimmy Cameron. You guys are on a, on a Jimmy, Jimmy basis Jim, now. Jimmy C. <laughs> Jim C. Um so a lot of people knock James Cameron for his writing in general, for whatever you know thing he's doing. It's like he's not—he's a great director, he's a good producer, good editor, but they always put writing at the bottom of the list of things James Cameron is good at. I actually th- thought that this was a relatively well-written movie. I would agree. Thank you. I thought you were going to fight me on it. I especially like the misogynistic undertones. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. The racist undertones. And Dan Aykroyd in the supporting role. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, anything you didn't like? I mean, obviously it was long, but we knew that going in. <laughs> yeah. So the it, long trudge of holding up Chrissy's eyelids. I oh gosh no, but once I I kind of knew where we were going with that, I was totally on board. I, I I do feel like it took a while for Jamie Lee Curtis's character to show herself. Oh yeah. I had written yeah, oh, oh. yeah. I had basically bounce, written her bounce, off bounce, relatively bounce. early on because again, I was like what are they doing with this woman and like god, they gave her so little to do, but it's a big name for such a small character. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, true true enough, she came into her own. So but but that should have happened earlier in like the first act. I feel like she didn't even do it until the second act. It's true. So She didn't have a lot to do in the first act. She did not. I guess they're too busy establishing how good of a super secret agent Arnold is. Evidently. F- that's terrible. Also, how do you live with somebody for like 15 years and not know that they are secretly like a double agent? It's, it's I mean, she's got to be either uh, literally blind, figuratively blind to what's going on in her own household. Justin? There's absolutely no way I'm a secret agent. Oh, I know. Oh, you do? Yes. Why? Because I'm a secret agent. Dun, dun, dun. As you munch on your brie cheese. <laughs> In a very sort of like surreptitious glance sort of way. So, I mean, we're, we're knee deep in it now. Let's talk about my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. So most dudes would be like, you know what my favorite scene is? Jamie Lee Curtis's striptease. When the hair you're... J- <laughs> That is my favorite scene. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yes. Oh my God, go me. It's like I know you or something. <laughs> well, only because I really like, obviously I really like Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about her on the show before. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis fan club, Justin Morris. Um <laughs> But like you said, the whole first act, you basically don't see her. And when you do see her, she's got these weird like mommy glasses going on with a very bad hair weird haircut style 
And then all of a it's sudden, like a she, school mark. Then all of a sudden, she gets pulled into the actual, you know, secret agent story in a interesting way. Sure. And it also involves my favorite uh, character, other than Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Who? Uh, Bill Paxton's character. Oh my! Simon, Simon, the used car salesman. So. I've recognized his voice, but not his face because I feel like the makeup did they they did a good job. And when you're like, obviously, this is Bill Paxton. Chrissy, this is why it's weird. It's because when the the credits come up at the beginning, you're like, Bill Paxton's in this. Elisha Dushku, uh, and then it's like, you, what's her name? Huh? Eliza Dushku. Dushku. Sorry. Douche. So you're very surprised by that, Ooh. and you're like, you're registering obviously in your head because you're, the words come out of your mouth. And it's like you totally forget what you said because when when people come on the screen who look like this people or sound like these people, you don't know who they yes, are. Yes, because basically my brain is like a funnel. So things get poured in the top and then it spins around, and I'm like, oh, this, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden it goes like down the funnel, and then you don't see it again. And then eventually somebody's like, where the hell's the nutmeg that I poured in there? And you're like, oh, that went down the drain. Pour some more in. You are legitimately crazy. I don't have no idea what you just said. <laughs> but I'm worried for you and your mental health. <laughs> this podcast so the strip- is brought to you by alcohol. So the striptease scene. So <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, Harry Tasker, um, kind of uses his... Uh, you know, his job to kind of... And taxpayer money. Put the, put the sp- screws on his wife who he thinks is cheating on him. Literally make, and figuratively. By having her do a, uh, a strip tease in a hotel room. It's true. Yeah. What do you think of her dancing skills in that scene? We're going to talk was, about her dancing skills elsewhere. Yeah, no. In that scene, I was pretty impressed. Really? Yes. She had the... She had what... You know what it takes. She, well, I mean, not that I would know what it takes, but based on a, <laughs> but you're a dancer, Chrissy. I am a dancer, but I'm not, not that, not kind, that, of, kind, that of kind of dancer. That's a, that's a different type. Boundjika, bow wow. I mean, she shook her hips. She tried really hard, and she's got nice boobs. So, I mean, what else do you need? And she is good at uh, DIYing a school marm outfit into a sexy. You know, non-school marm outfit. Non-school marm outfit. I thought that was pretty good. It was good. And 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 I enjoyed further when, because at first I was afraid watching this transformation happen. I'm like, okay, so this is going to be such a quick transformation. It's going to be like an overnight thing where like all of a sudden she has no earmarkings of who she was previous to this moment of being now like the sexy sort of striptease in a hotel room trying to work as a double agent and planting um you know little microscopic chips into telephones no she falls the hell over mid striptease i'm like okay you are still the woman that you were which which apparently wasn't scripted shut up no and so that the fall wasn't scripted, and his response where he drops the the cassette tape wasn't scripted. That, Shut up! That was That's his amazing. honest response to like, oh, oh shit, she just fell down. That is amazing. So yeah, that's it's pretty amazing. Um, so how so if you were in that situation, Chrissy? Yeah. How would you respond to you know you're kidnapped by these, you know? Mysterious men. Wait, am I Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, you're Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, in what scene? 
uh, you have to be Natasha or what? No, Doris. You're Doris. I'm Doris? Yes. You have to go do this sexy dance for this mysterious figure clothed in darkness. And you better do it good because if not, you might get us all murdered. Is that what happened? I can't remember. <laughs> it won't It won't be good, Chrissy. Like, really? This is... James, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy C is Jimmy writing C? these words. Is right, right, you need Jimmy to Jimmy C is going to take me you, down. You make this... No, I'm like, he's he's making this hat like this is a script. Like you need to really. Oh boy, I mean, so I would probably end up doing a lot of what Jamie did. I would falling. No, I, yep. That I mean, I was gonna say I'd go for it, and then I'd probably fall down, and I'd probably get back up and be like, I mean, I planned that, and just keep going. I don't know if I would like go ahead and fillet the canopy the way she was doing, but I will say this: she has more cojones. Than I do once, like, you know, he was like, I no longer like to watch. I want to be on you. Do it slow. Do it. Right. And then he came over to her and she like clocked him with the telephone. I'm not sure I would have had the cojones to do it. Not because I wouldn't have been scared and certainly would have not wanted to like cheat on my husband. pick up a heavy telephone. Like that was like a majorly heavy telephone. I think that's a part of it. (laughs) And I think the other part of it is I would have been so afraid of being found out. Like I... I commit to my roles, man. I'd have been like, it's not you. It's not you. You're pretending to be this person. You're pretending to be, be this person. I would have like mentally like done a workaround around it to like stay in the moment, do whatever I had to do. I always thought like, what if there was a service, uh, like an actual service, like in the movie, The Game, yeah. where I could put Chrissy through some convoluted, like- You've been wanting char- to do this for years. Theater charade subplot. And I'm like, I've got it. She's, you know, some <laughs> Doris straight up dancer in front of a terrorist figure guy. <laughs> Thank you for wanting to throw me under the bus for that one, by the way. I really appreciate it. What? You're like, I just thought, you know, I'd put you in front of like some sort of terrorist. <laughs> no, like in True Lies. Thank you. You should like, I could do it. Like, you, you know, it would be awkward a little bit, but I can make it happen. I'm like... Okay, let's make it happen for you, Chrissy. Thanks. That, that's what, out of all the things and fantasies <laughs> that I've discussed wanting to have happen in my life. Oh, you're going to have your, you know, the Titanic ship is going down and you have <laughs> to you. quickly fall in love with someone who you just met as well. Like, I'll make that happen <laughs> for you too, Chris. Thank you. You're a mensch. <laughs> you say all the right things. It's like those escape rooms, but it's well, you know, with a little bit more happiness, basically. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, the striptease scene, and like I said, my favorite supporting character in the movie is played by Bill Paxton, uh, playing this guy named Simon the Used Car Salesman, who, um, on the flip side is a genuine nothing who is, pretends to girls that he's a secret agent in order to try to sleep with them. committing basically. the roles, man, though. That man commits. <laughs> he commits to everything he does. He's like, he's got the car, he's got the swag, he's got the briefcase with like nothing in it that he's just putting out there for somebody to stash for him. It's great. Is it wrong that if, I think <laughs> when I saw this when I was like 13 or 14, I was hoping for a spinoff with his character that's like all about his his character and his adventures is kind of like a a big Lebowski type, you know, nothing who basically has this alter ego that he's created to try to You're at the very least try to lure, lure chicks back to his uh his mobile home basically. 
This is my secret operative <laughs> station when I'm not in my penthouse in New York. I mean, that's what he said. Oh, I know. I know. And what's really sad is that things like that actually happen in real life. Like people are douchey and crazy and they prey on people and women. Womp womp. <laughs> Had to bring it there, Chrissy. Had to bring it there. Can we talk about the scariest bridge in America? Oh my God. Are you talking about the overseas highway? Yes. Did you know that the overseas, hi- overseas highway is 113 miles long? Holy shit. No. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. No, I did not know it was that long. Could you imagine driving down that highway and then all of a sudden some fucking helicopters or like Harrier jets or terrorists in large vans with multiple explosives came after you? What was he in? He was in a a chopper. But what was he in? Like an F-18? The the jet at the end? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, wait. There were two jets. There was the one that was he some was kind of Harrier jet. In, uh-huh. and there's the one that he like stole. Yeah. To continue on his mission. There's just too many jets. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it, it was kind of like you reached critical mass on jets. <laughs> well, the, the, there's that whole scene of like, there's a jet amongst a bunch of police cars, and he just cr- jumps in it, and it's like he's backing out, you know. Uh, an SUV or something. <laughs> it's like, oops, sorry. No, no. So, wait. It was just like Austin Powers doing the three-point turn. They never I'm had not sorry turn. I hit you with my my Harrier jet. That is terrible. What is wrong with your Arnold impressions? I, I, I'm so embarrassed. You should be. I, I, obviously. Maybe, maybe you should do Tia Carrere impressions instead. Oh, God, Chrissy hates me. She thinks I'm a two-hit wonder. She doesn't know about my other film output. I've done so many amazing things for cinema. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. Did, like, <laughs> did your career, like, wrong you or something earlier in your life? No. <laughs> so, yeah, huge, huge, long highway across a lot of water. That was almost scarier than anything else. Minus the explosions and the terrorists. I'm like, I don't want to be on that highway. Yeah, I don't like you. Like, you don't need a, a van of terrorists or like a, a jet or a helicopter. Just have some like guys like standing, like standing on the side of the, like the highway as I drive by. That'll give me lots of anxiety. <laughs> I'll be like, watch out. Like, if you run out of gas on that highway, out. like, you, you don't are need screwed. to. I'll, I'll be, I'll probably like, you know, veer off and just like tumble across into the water because I'll be afraid to hit you. It's not a lot of room. No. It, 113 it, miles of that. I Imagine can't, that. I can't. It sounds like the, the worst thing ever. Like you have enough trouble on the, the 101 and that's Thank you for that. four lanes. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Justin? There's no ocean involved. I thought you took a stand for Tia Carrera, but now you're on me about driving on the 101. <laughs> Whose side are you on? Tia Carrera's side. Christine. Evidently. I mean, who can blame you? She's kind of hot. Oh wait! Now you're doing a 180 on Tia Carrera. I oh I can't. Yeah, that scene uh, on that long highway that was kind of uh, crazy. Apparently, gratuitously scary is the is G- Jamie Lee Curtis actually did that stunt with the helicopter and the limo. Where they pulled her up? Yeah. Shut up. That's the word on the street. I would have never guessed. The street is the internet. <laughs> Does Arnold do all his own stunts? What are you talking? Arnold does his stunts. And 
like other people's stunts. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, give me, give me a Jamie Lee Curtis mask, and I'll do. <laughs> See, that was I'll do, good. I'll do seventy five percent of her stunts too. <laughs> That's pretty. Good. I want, I want to do the striptease. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> I bet he's like a freak. You well, got, you know, he's got to be oh, a freak. Hundred percent, that man's a freak. He's fucking housekeepers, he's like a good, he's gardeners, the like you know, T. Carrera. I don't, I don't know. They, they, I'm, I'm just saying. saying I'm, I'm, I'm just saying maybe, <laughs> possibly it could have happened. Possibly, most definitely, they were in the same room. A freak. <laughs> um longest anybody's ever talked about true lies true lies was reportedly the first film with a production budget over of over a hundred million dollars it's a james cameron movie not surprised i mean he's like give me all the jets give me you know a long highway surrounded by water give me elijah good dushku say say her name again (laughs) dushku right yeah but say the whole name together what am I? No. <laughs> I was thinking I know, of other things. You know what's another scene that might cost a little money? What? Uh, a a bathroom fight that turns into a race between a horse and a motorcycle. A guy on a motorcycle. Oh yeah, I think they blew the whole budget on that scene. Really? Basically. This is at this point. What is this like? Thirty forty five minutes in. Yeah. Chrissy's eyelids started to droop, 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 and I'm like, Chrissy. This is only like one of the best action sequences of the movie. And I made an insipid comment to like, you. <sighs> I was like, it's just action. And at this point, in like... My, in my brain, which is a funnel and there's some nutmeg or something, <laughs> this is just an action scene. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? I was like, that you, That you like, hate T. Carrera? It just kind of like bleeds into itself. Like, I don't... I don't know. I don't think like you. Like, you know... Oh my God, what's going to happen next? Or where are they going to end up? Or who's going to chase you? I'm just like, oh, now begins the action sequence. And it's obviously like a chase. I'm just going to like, I don't know, wake me when this part's over and I'll like get back on board. The whole movie. It's an action movie. So. I know. I know. I was wrong. I was wrong. Not only were you wrong, it's, it's a pretty amazing set piece. Uh, What? I know. I know as an OCD, a person with extreme OCD that Chrissy had to have a there was a lot of tr- trouble being had with uh, Arnold sliding around in possibly poo toilet water to grab guns and shoot terrorist bad guys. And Actually, stuff. that wasn't even the part that bothered me as much. What? Two other things bothered me more. Number one, after the bad guy slams through the glass at the top of the Marriott and then like dives to that pool, improbable. Oh, pool. we haven't even got there yet. Oh, we're, d- we're, we're still really talking about the bathroom this. fight in the in the possibly <laughs> poo water. <laughs> Did you notice the uh, what song that he was uh, whistling when he was pretending to take a pee in his sunglasses? That that was the one thing. Chris is like, I mean, of course he's at he's like at a urinal in sunglasses. Of course they know that. He's, right. Something's something's, something's afoot. Weird. Something's going wrong. But what was he humming? He was humming uh, Edelweiss. 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 Bless my homeland. Forever. Good stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, there that quickly transitioned to a a horse, a guy on a horse. Arnold on a horse. Arnold on a horse and a 
a guy on a motorcycle going through the, I think it's the St. Bonaventure Hotel in LA, downtown LA. Oh, was it? I thought it was in New York. That's how they got the horse, like through Central Park. This movie, this movie was supposed to happen around DC. Right. Then why are they in New York? It's the Eastern Seaboard. It's close <laughs> enough. No? Come on. Harry's horse was real. Uh, was actually played by four different horses because they had different skills. According to IMDb. Shut up. All right, let's let's think of the four different skills: duck, jumping, uh, du- ducking, yes, jumping from one building to the pool at the top of possibly being able to fit in an elevator. Uh, being able to fit in an elevator. That leaves one more. What was the other one? Being friendly, smiling. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> well, there is that one scene where Arnold like chastises his horse by not wanting to jump like to his death. It basically. was very reminiscent of, of Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty where he's like, no carrots. What did Arnold say to the horse? We could we could have had him. We could have got him and you let him get away. What kind of police horse are you? You let him get away. It's your fault. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that the end, the end one sounded like mine. <laughs> Mine's not getting any better, and yours is getting worse. Oh no! Um, <laughs> uh, Let's stop congratulating ourselves. Moving on. Uh, so another quick note that I think Chrissy will uh, love is that Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest challenge for the movie was not doing all the physical stunts, but dancing a tango. He reportedly had to take dancing lessons to realistically perform the dance. He rehearsed the dance scene for about six months. He wanted to make sure he was good at the tango as Al Pacino was in Sound of a Woman. So I haven't seen Sound of a Woman. That means nothing to me. Okay. Add to the list. Six months. That took six months. I'm sorry, but this was before Dancing with the Stars is time. I'm just saying. This Those kids your, have your, like... This is your Lynn Goodman impression? No. Okay. They have two weeks. They have two <laughs> weeks to get these dances down, if that. And he had six months. Not that he was bad, but if you have any sort of dance experience, and by the way, tango is not my, my forte by any means, but I could still see somebody counting in their head. He was better when he was dancing with Tia. At the, at the end credits when he was dancing with Jamie, I could literally see him counting. Who's the better dancer, Arnold or Jamie Lee Curtis? Arnold. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I'm just saying. She was not good. I, I'm starting to think this movie was co-written by Chrissy McQueen. <laughs> hates T. Carrera. Hates Jamie Lee Curtis. This is dancing. I'm just saying. I'm not... It's not that I dislike... Where's the, where's the, the womanly love, Chris? It's not that I dislike them. But I do believe... We've talked about Tia ad nauseum, but as far as uh, Jamie Lee is concerned, to be honest, when it comes to ballroom dancing, it's it sucks, but there's usually more room for the woman to fail because she's showcasing certain things like high kicks or developes or like certain lifts that there's more room for error for her than there is for he. And I mean, come on, you saw that one like where she like kicked and then she fell on her butt, but it was like supposed to be controlled and she was just kind of went and she like plotsed. She plotsed. Come on. 
I'm not alone here. Don't act like I'm crazy. Pop quiz, Chrissy. Okay. What, 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 why were the bad guys mad in this movie and what did they want to do? So it could be argued that this movie was ahead of its time because they wanted uh, us, being the United States, to get out of their countries and to leave them alone in their Middle Eastern countries and to leave their oil alone and to back the fuck off. And this was back in 1994. And um, unfortunate though it may be as a kind of um, foreshadowing device of real life, they are using terrorism to as, the, as their tool, um, you know, to try to sway the hand of the United States government. So that's what they wanted. They wanted us to get the hell out and we weren't doing it. So they threatened with violence and terrorism. Good job. Thank you. You were paying attention. I'm so proud of you. Did you actually think that I what, didn't get that or like missed it no. somehow? That was... F- fell asleep. That's what I was thinking. I was just wondering. No. Okay. I didn't fall asleep. Okay. So yeah, this was all, you know, what if they were, they were watching, they were watching True Lies and they're like, you know what? Yes. Osama bin Laden's... Good idea. Osama bin Laden's whole raison d'etre to, you know, get back to the United States was based on true lies. What if they, busted, they busted into Osama bin Laden's, like, you know... Lair. Lair, and there was, like, DVDs upon DVDs of true lies everywhere. Like, it's crazy. Like, study like material. Like, it's, like, seven, but he's, like, a huge true lies fan. <sighs> I actually couldn't help when they were filming like the video of like, and one American city will be ruined every week. I was like, oh God, is this like the birth of ISIS? Like this is early on. They are the, True Lies is the founder of ISIS. Take that Donald Trump. You heard it here first. Do you think this is true? Jamie Lee Curtis's character was originally supposed to go nude in the striptease scene, but the idea was dropped and she kept on her own underwear during it. Yeah, but sure. Yeah? Yeah. Man, Jimmy C's script was originally more... He's all about chicks getting naked in his movies. Do it. Do it. I'm sure. Let me draw you. I'm going to draw you like one of my French girls. Let me draw you like the French girls. Basically. Okay. What else you got? What else you got? Anything else that stood out in this movie? Anything that you didn't like as much? I would really like to see it rebooted. Really? I would. Because to, I think in, in many respects, it was ahead of its time mm-hmm. in 1994. Um, and we already talked about how we thought Can it was... we have mis- a funny movie with Terrace in it, though? I think that's one of the reasons why a couple times they've... I'm sure Daniel James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially Tom Arnold. I'm sure people talk about True Lies, too. <laughs> he he, he really wants anymore. to... Yeah, he really wants to make it. But can there be a... A funny movie with terrorism in it? Yes. Okay. I think that's their reason. Like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do this. No, I think I, I think they could. I I'm honored and I don't know. I've... Oh. <laughs> Just give up. Just give up. <laughs> Quit while you were ahead. To if you break. were ahead. So you want a reboot? Not a, not a sequel? No, a I want a reboot. So with somebody new? Yes. So who would be in it? Again, and you're asking me to cast things now. Um, I do think that Matt Damon would be a good Harry. Did you just put Matt Damon in everything? No, you asked me to reboot it. Matt Damon fan club. You're like, you're a reboot. You're like, Matt Damon. <laughs> Tootsie, Matt Damon. Pretty woman, Matt Damon. He'd be good in all these things. 
<laughs> Titanic, Matt Damon. No. <laughs> Can't reboot that one. But I think that he could. I, he would be a good replacement for Arnold. Okay. Also. I could Chris, buy him more as a computer salesman. I think Chris Hemsworth would be really good. Not Liam. Okay. I was like. <laughs> Not Liam. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> Chris. You, you, you picked the right Hemsworth. Thank you. <laughs> good job. Don't you think he'd be good in this though? Uh, I mean, obviously, he seems to have comedy chops that haven't been fully tapped. I know. He's pretty hilarious. I think he'd be good. I think that's pretty good casting on my part. Don't him and ha. I was thinking more... Well, I guess he's got Ant-Man. I was thinking more like a Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. I thought of Paul Rudd briefly, but I'm not sure we would buy the like the strong brute part of the personality. It doesn't have required. to be a strong... That's the thing. Like He can be like... A guy that's like, oh, he's a computer salesman. But right. it turns out he's a secret agent. Man. But also like the suave, debonair, James Bond side. Like I love Paul Rudd, but I don't see that about him. He's an everyman. He's a great everyman, but he's an everyman. Hating on Paul Rudd. I'm not hating on Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, I love you. I love that this is actually IMDb trivia. Much of the plot involves Arnold Schwarzenegger suspecting his wife of having an affair. Years later, it was revealed that he had an affair with his housekeeper. Bing. Womp, womp. Burn. IMDb burn. Also, Tom Arnold said this is his favorite movie he's ever been in. Not surprised. So what would you give uh, True Lies? And Oh, we're doing letter grades. I almost gave you a numerical score. Uh, I'm hovering between uh, an A minus and a B plus, right in there. A minus, like a ninety percent, eighty nine, ninety percent. Respectful, probably where I'd be. Yeah, I mean, amongst uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, James Cameron movies, definitely in the top, you know, tier there. Yeah, I'm telling you, right? You're telling me, right? Yeah. What are you talking about? That that would be the right right rating. Yeah, you're good. I know. High five. High five. I'm glad to have converted you, finally. Good job, Justin. So basically, we go from good Arnold Schwarzenegger movie to not so good Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> Older Arnold Schwarzenegger but movie. But also, in the same vein as what we were just talking about, ahead of its time. Well, yeah. I mean, The Running Man, which came out in 87. Yes. Is a classic example of good idea Bad execution. So, Justin, you work in the industry. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Tell me. Do you ever have a moment where you're working on something that was so good in theory and good on paper and even good in the initial stages that it took a while while you're making it and then like halfway through, let's say you go, this is not good. Like it's not coming together. All the time. <laughs> and and hopefully, usually you could be, you can just back that up and be like, okay, just... Never mind, and you like slowly like fade into the the shrubbery, like the 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 Simpsons, the Homer Simpson <laughs> thing. Yes, but in this aspect, they uh, you know started making a movie, and then I don't know what they were thinking, but it definitely wasn't a good movie. I was listening to uh, with a similar phenomenon, um, Seth Rogen talk about this recently with that movie he did with Barbara Streisand, The Guilt Trip. Thank you. He was like, it was such a good script and probably the best I've seen on paper. And Barbara thought the same thing. But then as we were making it separately, we arrived to this conclusion. We were like, this is not coming together. It's not going to be good. And I wonder if they had that sort of same feeling during The Running Man. 
So have you pulled up the Running Man page? No. Oh, by the way, you know what you forgot? What? Chrissy. What? I wanted to play what the hell does the malts think about this? And you totally forgot it for True Lies. Oh, the malts. I mean, it's true. We didn't talk about the malts, but we certainly can talk about the malts. Would you Would you all like to know Leonard Malton's reaction of True Lies way back in... 2007, because this is the only movie guy we actually got. Hit me up, Maltz. All right, here we go. You ready? All right, credits, 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 credits. In your face entertainment from the Schwarzenegger slash Cameron team with Arnold as a spy in a super secret high-tech government agency whose wife thinks he's just a nerdy computer salesman. With humor and action in equal doses, this film makes all the right moves until it gets bogged down in plot and a general put-down of women midway through. A slam-bang action finale brings it back on course as credibility is gleefully tossed aside. Cameron also so scripted based on a French film, La Totale, Super 35. How many stars? He gave it, oh, it's like symbols. It's not stars. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, those are stars. <laughs> They're at the very beginning. Stars are symbols. Three. <laughs> All right, Maltz. Okay. Thank you, Maltz, for that, that review. That it's fine like, review. It's like 20% review, 80% concise plot summary. Now we're going to Buzz Running words. Man, right? This is a big book. It's a <laughs> no, heavy wait, wait, wait. Book. Let's not give the malts review yet. We got to talk about it first. Well, wait. Maybe that's a good time to bring it in to say whether, you know, it's a jumping off point for negotiations. Like, agree, disagree. What are your thoughts? Okay. Drop the malts. We're getting there. Drop the malts. Drop the malts. Running time, running scared. What if Maltz is like, forget the running man? There like, it is, the he running left it man. Out. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, credits, credits, credits. It's 2019, and the U.S. is a totalitarian state. Framed mass murderer Arnie is ordered to take part in the most dangerous game type TV show where convicted felons get their one chance for freedom. Relentlessly trashy picture gets big boost from Dawson's sleazy portrayal of the game show host based on the novel by Richard Bachman. Dawson from Dawson's Creek? Yes. Either that or... Richard Dawson? Yeah, it's Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. But what if it was Dawson from Dawson's Creek? <laughs> That'd be better. No, it wasn't. It, Richard Dawson was good. Two and a half stars. Uh, Mots. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, The Running Man, 1987, based loosely on the 1982 novel, The Running Man, written by uh, Richard Bachman, pseudonym of Stephen King. I was just going to say, is this also Stephen King? Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what I thought. But then when I read that, I was like, maybe not. Loosely based. Oh, okay. Loosely. Um, but basically, Running Man is American Gladiators cross with Hunger Games, but stupid. <laughs> yes. I yes. mean. This movie actually inspired American Gladiators. So we have it to thank, apparently. Did it did it legitimately inspire that? Yes, inspire. Spider. That's a new word. Inspired it. Spider. In Spider Man. In Spider Man. Because uh, I have to say, being that this was 1987 when this came out, and 1986 was probably when it was made, 
reality TV was not yet a thing. Definitely not a thing. And although this may have inspired a game show, like I feel like this actually was a good precursor to reality TV in general. Not only, yeah, not only the whole reality TV thing, but um, in apparently in 2017, the whole world economy is going to collapse. Yeah. Oh, I saw that in the in the um, preamble, and I'm like, oh, food, God. natural resources, and oil are in short supply. Chrissy, a police state divided into paramilitary zones rules with an iron hand that's the title card i know that's how it's, this movie's introduced in stark red and you're like shit, shit. that's shit that's next year and yo very, and in the very next scene they're like let's take out fucking bakersfield don't get me wrong i don't like bakersfield either fuck bakersfield chrissy bakersfield is like the armpit of california fuck bakersfield but i'm not gonna like Go to town on some women and children because I hate Bakersfield. If there was a list of cities in California and someone's like, you can strike one off, I'd be like... Tehachapi. I mean, Bakersfield. Later, Bakersfield. (laughs) Later. Peace out. Peace out. Right. And then there'd be a few under Yeah, the the version of LA in this movie is, is really like dark. Like you could barely see it. Like it's like Blade Runner, but darker. Okay. I was thinking that in the beginning. I was like, "This is just like it's like the in, dark it, it's like the end of Terminator, but the buildings are still up, basically." <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> they're not in rubble yet, but the buildings are still up, and they're you know everybody's watching this very strange, strange reality TV show. Yes, and and I know that people have said this before too, but it also was a precursor to I feel like the Hunger Games. Yeah, that's why I said. I didn't hear you say Hunger Games. Yeah, I said this is the American Gladiators crossed with the Hunger Games, but stupid. Oh, oh I, you're right. I, I didn't hear the latter part of that. I heard um, American Gladiators, but I didn't hear the Hunger Games aspect. Yeah. But, yes. Lover but of the stupid. Hunger Games, Chrissy McQueen. I know. Well, the Hunger Games was great. Better as a book than a movie, but still good either way. Yeah. Um, But this takes it to a whole new level. This isn't just like tributes fighting to the death. This is... This is with a, a mix of less moon vises, uh, sort of. Sorry, I know he who shall not who he Voldemort, he who shall not be named. Power over. We're cool as moon vis. What? I said we're cool as moon vis. We are totally cool. Please employ us for the for the foreseeable future. Anyway, okay, keep going. I don't know. I got sidetracked. I had a thought, but now it dissipated like this. So, so in True Lies, he played a uh, secret agent masquerading as a computer salesman. Right. In this movie, he is a police helicopter pilot. Could you imagine <laughs> being the uh, air traffic controller on the ground and all of a sudden it's like, we're up in the air. We're coming down. <laughs> <laughs> we're at these cross coordinates, blah, 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 blah. You're like, what is he saying? I... My job is so stressful. God, that could be the most stressful job in the history say? of the world. Although I think it would be almost be worse to be in the position of the air traffic controller in here. But there are women and children down here. I do not. I would not drop the bombs out. on the women and the children and the other things. I you would never under in the other in things. The beginning of the movie is very very strange. You're like number one. Why did someone? You know, why is he the pilot of, of this police helicopter? Number two. Why are they framing him in this way for, you know, dropping these bombs on these women and children? Right. 
Number three, are there like a bunch of like reality show TV cameras in this helicopter? Because this footage is like uh, edited together and cut to frame him for these people's murders on the actual reality show. That was like, a whole thing I didn't understand. And sometimes because I get sleepy on these things, I was like, maybe I just missed where they explained that. Or maybe, oh, no. No, okay. I feel a little bit better then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. It was never explained why this was the thing or why or who or what or where or how. <laughs> so when you think when you hear the the what this movie is about, you're like, that sounds really cool. Like that yeah. Sounds, that sounds cool. And then you watch it, you're like, this is possibly the worst the worst way they could go about making this movie. Well, I don't know. I think you're being a little harsh. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they went about it cohesively or Show, well. Tell me your favorite parts. What did they do really well? What's in the good column of this movie, Chris? For me, it was just more, uh, not so much necessarily something that they were doing well, as much as it was my general curiosity and interest being piqued to always want to know what came next. Like, I'm like, so what happens next? Like, who are they going to bring out next? Who are they going to, like, you'd hear the loudspeaker, so-and-so go to wardrobe to fight Arnold to the death, basically. And then people were betting on him. And so, for me, it was more of a building of the of the rising action. That was probably its redeeming quality. A built of, a building up of rising action. I haven't, this is one of the Arnold movies where I definitely haven't seen it a lot of, you know, very many times. I've maybe seen it twice. I haven't seen it in a long time. Sure. But watching it, because they have several different, I guess they call them stalkers. So basically, yes. Arnold's character is framed. He's put in this, this show because the, uh, the, the, the guy in charge of all played by Richard Dawson, who is in a good column, I would say, for He's this movie. He's great. And and I guess a big part of that is the metacasting of him being the guy since he was Family Feud guy. Right. It's like imagine him on Family Feud being like <laughs> before the cameras rolled, he's like, Okay guys, hi, I'm Richard Dawson. By the way, whoever wins, you're gonna survive. The other family dies. <laughs> you're gonna be murdered. That would make Family Feud a lot. That would bring know, it to a whole different level. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> a lot cooler to watch. Yeah, I'd also like to watch the Saturday Night Live version with Keenan Thompson, where they actually murder somebody afterward. Or imagine like, <laughs> imagine like Pate, uh, or like Pat Sajak being in charge of the Hunger Games. No, let's not imagine Pace, like Pat. Pat Sajak. He's crazy. Oh yeah, well he's a, 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 a global warming denier. I know he's actually crazy. You're like. He's the last person I want to be in charge of the Hunger Games. It's true. That's Put Trebek in charge of the Hunger Games. <laughs> he still be intelligent. Or Vanna White. Is she crazy? No, she's not crazy. I mean, all she she doesn't even spin the letters anymore. She's a grandmother. She touches the letters. She's not crazy. Do they even need her to touch the letters? I mean, I think that, like, yes. How, how much do you think that she makes yearly to touch letters? She probably makes at least twenty percent above whatever SAG after a rating is. What like over like twenty percent over scale? What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, Vanna White, who's been working on Wheel of Fortune for like forty years. <laughs> yeah, jeez, Chrissy, she's barely making like she's barely surviving over Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> but, well, meanwhile, Pat Sajak is like Scrooge, like McDuck in his silo of gold coins. And Vanna White could basically, she could barely like give a birthday present to her grandkids because she's making just, just above SAG scale. 
I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about you tonight, and mostly is Chrissy doesn't like women a lot. She doesn't think that they're good actors. She doesn't think that she should be basically be paid for decades of work. Thank you, Justin Winters, comma feminist. <laughs> I just love you're like she's barely making it. I can't even talk. I, I never said that she was just barely making it. You said just above SAG scale. <laughs> SAG scale's pretty high. <laughs> She's the star of the show. It's it's Pat, her, and the letters. Somebody's got to be making some money, and it's not the letters. I guess Pat's hogging it all to deny climate change. He's spending all his money to not. I mean, she's got to be making like a hundred grand or more per episode. <laughs> <coughs> Newsflash: that's ba- that's a lot. That's way over sag scale, Chris. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh man! Back to the Running Man. <laughs> so I wait, be Kristen Stewart, Tia Carrera, Vanna White. <laughs> Oh. Vanna White, according to Chrissy, you don't even deserve 80% of what Pat Sajak makes, right? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Pat Sajak can make scale, and she can make above scale. <laughs> There's a distinction. That was awesome. Thank you for that. Wow. So, Richard Dawson in the good column. In the bad column... Everything else. I'm gonna take. A, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm gonna take a Chrissy uh, line of. Uh, oh, are you about to dog on a woman? I'm gonna say Marie Conchita and Lazo. Oh yeah, let's dog on that one. No, yep. I don't nope, understand. Nope. And, and Chrissy complained about Raydong Chong and Commando. <laughs> Yowza. Yeah, comparatively speaking, I would have picked Raydong Chong any day. <clears throat> Although there are a lot of similarities in their characters between Commando and this movie. A little bit. You're like, why is she in this? You're like, What is her purpose? Arnold, what are you doing with this lady? Why is she so whiny? <clears throat> why is she uh, exercising in her underwear? And like, lingerie. Like lingerie. You know what it is out of both these movies? You know what I want? I just want strong women. I want strong women. Not Jamie Lee Curtis. No. Not Kristen Stewart. I mean, she, well, let me get... Th- be fair about Jamie Lee. She Not got better. Not Carrera. No, Jamie Lee got better. As the, and so did Tia Carrera. They both got better as the movie went on. Like when they were punching, punching each other in the face in the back of a limo? Yes. Nice. Hot. Continue. <laughs> I'm just saying that they got better as they went on. They're, when their characters well, she did not get better in this movie. More developed. What yeah, in the world one. is she in a fucking movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger anyway? Like he's like, ah, and I'm on on it. She's like... She's hurt. She's got a weird fucking accent too. No idea. I couldn't understand her. I was like, this is the most. I was like, you can't understand anything they're saying. Like, no. neither of them. That's why you put Arnold in, like, in a movie with someone who has, uh, you know, you can understand an English accent that they can under you can understand everything. Yeah. It- no, not this. Whatever this was <laughs> didn't work. I needed subtitles and I did not get them. Who was your favorite villain? Villain? Yeah. Other than Richard Dawson? Yes. Um. Sub villain. <laughs> Um, I like the guy. Uh, I like the Dynamo guy that sang opera and had like a <laughs> like a he like had like Chris. He was covered in Christmas lights, basically. So true story. That one was my favorite as well. 
And I was curious. That's why I even asked the question. I was like, who's your favorite going to be? And sure enough, we had the same favorite. Although he's the one that like he had this like his space car and he drove up on side of the rocks and just like tumbled over several times. I was like, not a good driver. Apparently not. Not a good driver. It's okay. Good at singing opera, you know. Not a good driver. No, that's okay. We all have our strengths. You didn't. You didn't like fire guy, like eh. torch guy. You do, okay, or do you, actually, um, Asian ice hockey guy. No, wait, but but do you, do you know what I liked about Mister Fireball guy? Why? What? I enjoyed all of his stuff that he did. Let me rephrase that. All the things before he became Fireball guy, like hearing the announcement of like. Mr. Fireball, get ready to go to wardrobe. And like, he looked like, oh shit, man. Like, no, I don't want to go. And he was like dragging his feet the whole time. And then when he got in costume, he just like, he didn't become menacing. All he had was like a blowtorch in his hand. He was just like, letting it go periodically. I wonder if like on the wall, they had like everybody's names and like, he just not looked at like his name on the list. So he didn't know that he was like up next. Like he was such a, like, I thought like redneck face was ahead of me or like, you know, <laughs> yes. Redneck face. <laughs> Don't like donkey Kong head or something. He'll but, kill you with his redneckery. Well, no, they had the guy with the chainsaw and he's like, I've got a chainsaw and I'm on steroids. Like, you totally. do not want a person on steroids with a chainsaw running nope, after that's you. That's a bad choice. Period. Although, if there had to be a great kill in any movie, uh, redneck ch- or a chainsaw, a guy on steroids with chainsaw to get a chainsaw to the dick is pretty good. That oh, I cringed. I I like audibly and visually cringed when it happened. I'm like, I don't even have those parts, and it was too much for me. Too many warehouses in this movie warehouses like it starts out and you're like oh it's gonna be some like cool like they're gonna rocket ship out into you know whatever's going on here sure they're gonna be outside and stuff no it seems like they go from the rocket ship to they're in a warehouse that has ice up oh, now they're in another warehouse and people are watching them on tv screens and i think right. that's like they just go from warehouse to where this is it should have been a cheap movie to make it's just a lot of warehouses true but i'm sure that was probably part of the design aesthetic that's the only thing they could do. Like they don't have money to build, you know, super dark Blade Runner Los Angeles for them to. No, this is before CGI had really taken a foothold. By the way, can we just talk for a second about Arnold's acting? It's not good. No, it's not good. No, at all. Like he was so much better in True Lies. (laughs) True, true. I know. Well, he had. That's what seven years of growth. Seven years of growth. He he. At least he made some kind of improvement. I know, but just to listen and be like, no, there are women and children down there. No, I will not do it. <laughs> Speaking of no, we we totally passed. So at the beginning of this movie, uh, Arnold gets framed. He's put in some kind of like um, Chrissy called it. What did you call it? Um, he's put in pr- like prison at the beginning of the movie. Uh, what the holding cell? Yeah, drunk tank. Yeah, what did you okay. call it? You said something. I don't remember. Anyway, he's put in this uh, holding cell, like jail, and they have the the necklaces around all the prisoners. And if you leave the perimeter of the jail like area, they have mm-hmm. these little things, and you're you get electrocuted basically to the point of your head exploding. Yeah. So there's this one scene where this guy named Chico and the man has decided to test out the fact that he has a necklace around his neck 
that is going to explode, and he just starts running like he's Leroy <laughs> Leroy Jenkins running away from the pack. Leroy and literally, people are screaming in slow motion. They're like, "Chico, no!" And then I didn't realize. And she goes like running. And I didn't realize and I was like, but it beeps once he passes the threshold of where he's not supposed to go. It's like. Beep, 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 like, beep, what is Chico beep, thinking? Beep, beep. Like what? What is Chico thinking? He's not thinking. No, obviously. clearly. And then, what do you think? Though, once you hear those nefarious beeps starting up, where you know any second your head's about to be blown off. I was off. like, Chico, you, you, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, dead, you, man. You in trouble? And he's you just is like, dead. It's just like, and you're just and like, oh, Chico. And you're like, bad choices. <laughs> So what else? What else? Did you notice the music in this movie? No, not really. The music in this movie is by Harold Faltermeyer. Okay. Which you know is the guy that did the the song that we love. You can go back to our Beverly Hills Cop episode of the um it's like uh that guy. Oh. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. All right. Your impression was kind of hard. But. Well, my all my impressions are really bad tonight, apparently. So I got my. My name is Arnold tonight. <laughs> Can we give you something? Somebody else? Can I give you some like an easy one? Can you do Matthew Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. See, redeemed. That was so much easier than <laughs> Arnold. Cool. Like, and I'm Southern, so. Well, it was an easy win. By the way, I don't think Arnold is like really hard. It's not. Well, just put me down, Chrissy. Why don't you? No. Hey, we should have a special guest on the podcast real fast. Mom, come here. My mom is here, and I I want her to guest she, for. She doesn't want to be put down for second. Arnold accent either. <laughs> or for impressive. one second. Because I want you to do something for me. Please come here. <laughs> She's shy. She's so while, shy about being on the podcast. So while we're on it, you want to hear my favorite uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger line in this movie? Yes. It's the, one, it's the one where he's like, Killian, here's your Sub-Zero. Now, Plane Zero. Oh, God. Explain that, Chrissy. I can't. And when that line came up, you laughed so hard. I was like, what does what? it mean? Exactly. I don't know. What does it mean? I know, but you apparently got the joke because you thought it was hilarious. I, I laughed, but then I, I went straight into what does it mean mode. No idea. But I usually don't laugh at things I don't understand. I, if it, <laughs> what does it mean? What? What? I just thought it was funny. What? You were like, oh, that's such that's such a funny line, or that's so funny, and you were like, so nonsensical, and the way he says it is perfect. I'm like, what? He really sold something that I wonder if he understands what it means. Cree, it doesn't mean anything. Green pies, ha ha ha. What did you say? Exactly. Green pies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there you go. You you spit out something totally nonsensical that has nothing to do with the situation, and then it's funny. So not only does Maria Conchito and Lazo's character um, strangely work out in lingerie and then basically gets Arnold's character captured and put into the the running man the gulag. thing, but she gets call herself and put in herself. 
And what you mean the, the government has been lying about me this whole time? No, but that's one of the funniest things. Her reasons that they say for being put in the because it's like, what did they do wrong? They obviously did something wrong. Was that she um, <laughs> she cheated on her college exams? Yes, and she slept with two or even three men in a year. <gasps> She's a whore. Did Jimmy C write this? Yes, clearly. <laughs> Jimmy C, we're coming for you. Look out. So yeah, just yeah, just not a good movie, The Running Man. Just you know, subpa. Subpa. <laughs> and yet, this is another one that I feel like could benefit from a reboot. Totally. Well, this is great idea, bad execution. This is ripe for a reboot. Although, I mean, we've gotten Hunger Games. I know. I thought of that. And we could do an American Gladiators uh, so movie. Who would you reboot it with? In The Running Man? <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. How about the younger Hemsworth? Liam could do this one. What? No. It doesn't require a ton of charisma. Liam in nothing. Like, if there's a Hemsworth spot to be cast, <laughs> always, Chris. Always, I'm Chris. at 98. I'd even take the Chris. third one. Who I don't even know who it is over Liam at this point. <laughs> there is a third one. There is. There's a third one. There's a third Hemsworth. Shut up, Chrissy. It's like your researching only like takes you to the point where things actually get interesting, and you're like, nope, don't want to know about the third Hemsworth. <laughs> but you do. <laughs> I do. Of course. After our whole discussion about you. you know the the. Um, the Hensworth Charisma Index, you know, where one's way up here and one's like sub zero. <laughs> See, now the line makes sense. Now you understand. They were actually talking about Liam Hemsworth. <coughs> Speaking of sub zero, some fun IMDb trivia. Original director Andrew Davis was fired one week into filming and replaced by. Oh, that's right. You know who directed this? No, who? This is Paul Paul Glaser, uh, Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. Really? Yeah. Um, so Schwarzenegger has stated that this was a terrible decision because Glazer shot the movie like it was a television show, losing all the deeper themes. Schwarzenegger believes this hurt the movie. Ooh, snap. Did it do well at the box office? Schwarzenegger shade. I don't think so. I think this is just one of those that kind of got lost in the shuffle. Like he was doing like a movie a year. And I mean, everybody can't have cage or Swayze like output. So true. Running Man was like one of those where we're just like, "Oops, you know, move on." Basically. Yeah. Although the director of this movie, Glazer, who Schwarzenegger just threw shade at. Speaking of Sub Zero, guess what? He also directed what? The Cutting Edge. Okay, so his name sounded familiar when you said that. I was like, I feel like I should know this because that name sounds so familiar to me. And then, sure enough. Pick. So there you go. He got better, apparently. Redeemed. He's been redeemed. But then he went on to the air up there with Kevin Bacon and Kazam. So, no. Yeah. Not totes redeemed. You know what this needed? What? Needed better um, stalkers. Like, obviously, Schwarzenegger was good as the guy running away, but they needed like more inventive stalkers. Like, true. What if instead of Dynamo or, uh, Sub-Zero, it was like, Helen. <gasps> bees. And he like threw bees, like Candyman threw bees at you. 
I don't know. I think the the blue hairs in the audience might be a little freaked out by that. Dude, I don't think the lot of like a very much freaked out the blue hairs. Yeah, they, they seemed like they were totally down. They were pretty for, hardcore for extreme murder on Take the show. It down! Exactly. They were like placing their bets. They're like, what am I going to win if he's murdered by my guy? It's kind of, you know. Creepy? Very creepy. I mean, in the state that we're in now, I'm like, this is kind of scary. This hits a little too close to home. <laughs> like, this, if this was actually made well, it'd be even scarier. Yep. Anyway. <clears throat> also scary is the dancers that were weirdly in this reality Oh my TV God, show. we haven't even touched the fact Choreograph- that Paula Abdul choreographed it. I'm surprised that like you had to wait to the credits to find that out. I'm like, obviously, Abdul choreography. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, like that's like the the cat from what was it? Opposites of track. Yes, that's totally his choreography. I know, I know, but but it was a very stylistic thing. It wasn't just exclusive to Paula Abdul. That's how everybody danced back then. If you were in jazz or you you took jazz lessons or you were on a dance team, that's how you danced. Oh, you did the Running Man. Oh, clearly, dance. but. So they didn't do the Running Man dance. So it was. I want my money back. There was never. I can't. Was the Running Man around? False advertising. Okay. Um, Yet there was. It was still a surprise to me when I saw Paula Abdul's name attached to it. I'm like, she did this. There's also uh, a TV show that's referenced in this uh, within the show called Climbing for Dollars. It basically has (gasps) a guy climbing a rope to get money while angry dogs try to attack him from underneath. It is like the first reality <laughs> TV show. It basically is. It's all of the reality TV shows. It's the grandfather of reality TV right there. Really, really scary. Climbing for dollars. Um. So yeah, so uh, the bad guy kind of eats in the end. He takes one of those rocket ship things into a billboard and everybody claps. Yeah. And then strangest thing ever is Arnold Schwarzenegger makes out with Maria Conchita and Lonzo at the end. Ugh, weird. What is that? I have no idea. Did they have some kind of sexual chemistry that we weren't picking up on? Like, even when she was, like, exercising in her lingerie, there was no, like, hey. Nothing. Maybe on paper, but maybe in actuality it just didn't work out. I was like, what a way to end this movie. Like, the the bad guy explodes. James Cameron comes in and he's like, it's a love story. (laughs) And it's hard. <laughs> they walk down out like a, it looks like a, a corridor and then they start making out. And it's like, fini. That's the end. Yes. He just really wanted to love But story. what happened to, in this like hellscape of an apocalypse world once the running game reality show is not on anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I thought of that too. There's obviously a replacement There's there. There's got to be some kind of, you know, sequel. Like, I mean, yeah. They got to keep the, the... Things fall apart, The population basically. in check somehow. They need like... Keeping up with the Kardashians or something. I am Kate. Vaguely like that. I. That's what they need. What, what are you saying, Chrissy? Who, who are you hating on now? I'm not <laughs> hating on. Oh, I can't. <laughs> nope, not playing this game. <laughs> Shaking my head. There's so much about you. In 2015, Arnold hinted at a Running Man two in the works. What? No. I think that's a lie. He's, no. I don't think that's possible. Stop it. Nope. Stop it. Stop playing on my emotions, IMDb. Stop it, Arnold. Arnold's just like throwing things out there, see if they'll stick, basically. Could be. Although, I could pick up like some better stalkers. It could be pretty amazing. All right. Then you direct the next version. Candyman. Who else? Maleficent. Maleficent. Um, Martin Short from Father of the Bride. Oh, my God. Yes. 
He wants to plan Prom. your he wants to plan your wedding and also murder you. Everybody has a pooper. That's how we invited you. Chainsaw. What would you give final grade? <laughs> a D. D. Yeah. Respectful. I'd probably give a D plus. Mm. Like that. All right. Anyway. Arnold times two down. So now that we've got all this Arnold out of our system, I mean whatever it is. I almost said awesome August, but it's not awesome. I mean it is awesome. But what is it? It's Action August. Action packed August. Action packed August isn't done yet, yo. What? We still have more of August. What are you talking about? This is the last episode in August. So listen to this <laughs> podcast until you reach the end of August and then wait for sexy September. We're, go- we're getting sexy. Speaking of sexy, your mom is coming in town. What the hell? <laughs> what kind of left turn is that? So, thanks for listening, guys. And if you want to <laughs> uh, catch us, we're on Twitter at Movie Geekcast. We're uh, on Facebook. Facebook. Also at Movie Geekcast. Snapchat sometimes gets updated by Brooklyn, our Snapchat manager. Find us on Podbean, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Friendster, on uh, Tinder. Game Boy. Um, Neo Geo 64 MySpace Live Journal Dead Journal Zanga Netflix AOL We're everywhere man Keyword Movie everywhere. Slut E Prodigy <laughs> Oh Prodigy Yes Love Prodigy Prodigy Challenge Alright Anyway Until next time 